Life Podcasts presents The Pawcast with Lauren Palmer. Hands and paws unite to create South Africa's favorite podcast. Hello and welcome to The Pawcast. My name is Lauren Palmer and you are listening to another episode of The Pawcast under different circumstances. We are under lockdown, so we are talking to a few people through the various avenues like Zoom. And here with me today is a very special human. It's Petra Lorendro. She is someone who you will recognize, as I'm sure you'll see when we post all about this. She is an actress and a published author, an entrepreneur, a philanthropist, a business owner, a beautiful human, a dog lover, and everything else in between. Big, big thank you to her for taking the time to do this with me, as she has a lot of wisdom to share. And so today, when we discuss fostering all the ups and downs, the goods, the bads. She's going to give some really incredible insight as well as talk a little bit about her organization, Just One Thing. But before I give anything away, let's welcome Petra. Oh, thank you, Lauren. Oh, what a treat (laughs) chatting with you and your audience. I mean, you and I met in a car park, basically. We did. Over a dog. Over Over a a cute little dog. Literally met you and your husband, Craig, in the car park while I was walking Moby. And the the topic of the love for dogs basically connected us. I mean, how beautiful is that? I love that. I actually forgot about that. Yeah, I know. That's very special. While I was thinking about the podcast, I was like, oh my goodness, that's how we actually met. So during this lockdown, a lot of people very kindly took in dogs so that, you know, just took the pressure off the essential workers and the shelters and all of that and I know you personally also did take one home with you tell me a little bit about your process of thought you know what it, what made you do it how did you actually think okay this is what I'm going to do because I tried fostering before and it broke me so I actually just couldn't do it that's such a such a valid question um because we also our first foster ended up being a foster fail <laughs> so yes so um, I completely understand where you're coming from our old girl that we adopted ended up adopting from Pitts Township Rescue. Mm. She was really badly neglected, um, horrible history, was skin and bones, and I've been wanting to foster for very many years. Yeah. And I came across her picture, and I'd done a lot of work, charity work with Pitts Township Rescue. So I really had a good relationship with them, and I said, look, you know, we're keen to try. Long story short, we ended up keeping her. She needed a lot of TLC, a lot of patience, and there was a couple that took her in and then just didn't have the patience with this we said fine she can stay but that process of her finding a home and I mean all the home checks were done all the meet and greets so we really did an extensive journey or process with the potential parents and it didn't work out but that process of letting her go to when we went and picked her up again was Lauren completely soul destroying yeah it was really hard for us because we took her in as our own so of course when this lockdown happened and I started thinking of you know because like we said I do a lot of charity work with a lot of animal welfare both from the SPCA to all the independently run organizations. I said to my hubby, look, I would love to foster during this time. It's probably not going to happen because we live in an estate where we're only allowed two pets and we've already got the third one because we snuck her in, although the body corporate knows. <laughs> By kind of um, <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, ask, ask um, forgiveness later and all that yeah. stuff. So I didn't think it was going to happen anyway. But before I asked them, I thought, let me just have the conversation with Craig because he also didn't take it very well with, with the whole process with Jesse leaving us initially. So my 
perspective on it is that, you know what, when you are fostering, never look at it as, oh, this is mine. This is my little new kid. It's more a case of if you can wrap your head around thinking, I'm just babysitting this little one for someone else. Yes, it's still going to hurt because obviously in the back of your mind, you understand, you know what's going on. But for me, it's really important to, from the off start, from the beginning, before the little one even comes into your life, is decide, make a decision that you are just babysitting. Yeah. That this little one is not going to be part of your life. Look, if it happens then and it turns out to be a little foster film, then great. <laughs> but, you know, I know so many people that have fostered for years successfully, and yes, their heart breaks every single time. But knowing that there's another little life that desperately needs you helps you get over that or move on quicker. So that's what happened with Jesse. Although I was completely broken, there was already another dog lined up for us to go pick up that Monday, also with a horrible, horrible background. So as much as my heart was broken, I just kept looking at, okay, well, it means we can help someone else. And then Jesse stayed and we were like, okay, well, sorry, we can't foster (laughs) anyone else. But in this instance, I laid it on thick with our body corporate and just said, you know, the lockdown and shelters are taking strain and people are dumping their dogs because they think that their pets are going to give them corona and blah, blah, blah. And they accepted it. So we went and picked up the cutest little ragamuffin from Woodrock Animal Rescue that was dropped off the night before lockdown. And we picked him up. He's a little staffy cross, I don't know, wire-haired terrier, something, something. (laughs) Oh, he is so cute. The most loving. Our girls are loving, but this little guy takes it to another level. Oh, my goodness. That's interesting. You've got a a little boy. Aren't the girls a little bit put out? Um, I think that was Estelle's call. So Estelle runs Woodrock and she asked me about our girls. So I've also, I've known Estelle for many years and I sent her a pic just to remind her, I was like, look, they're all three girls. And I don't, you know, you, you probably know that people usually say, don't get a yeah. lot of girls, Yeah. you know, like balance it out with some testosterone in between the estrogen. Not that he has testosterone because his little bits were, <laughs> were locked off. Oh, poor boy. <laughs> but, um, <laughs> so the stitches are still there to prove it. Um, so that was Estelle's call to say you know rather take a boy but we did take our girls with us so if you do if you are considering fostering or adopting definitely make sure that if you have pets if possible take them with to meet to do a meet and greet and that's what we did because we were nervous about Jessie our old girl who's very territorial and very set in her ways the one with the the horrible background Mm. so we were more worried about her and we thought well whoever she gives the nod to that's who we bring it's not up to us it's completely up to Jess you know, because our lives were Yeah. Oh no, she has the final say completely. It was <laughs> Tammy and MJ would fit in, but Jess, whoever she gave her approval to. And they brought Scruff and yeah, they all kind of did their own thing. They didn't get into each other's fur or noses or weren't up in each other's faces. And yeah, we brought him in and he ran into the house, made himself at home straight away. So he was definitely someone's lap dog before. Yeah. We don't know what happened or why, but yeah, just a loving little thing. And of course, we fell in love with him the first day. I think we all can relate to that. I mean, for yeah. me personally, when I had, when I was thinking of getting little Mobster, he, mm. um, his, his whole, yeah, his whole litter got parvo and then it was Christmas and mm. um, all of the, the parents who were going to adopt the puppies were away over the East, over the Christmas ah, break. Yes. So um, I ended up fostering all these little puppies and of those puppies, three of them died. And oh, my God. I remember just like, just like thinking about it while I was preparing for the mm. podcast, it like it hurt my little soul. 
And I mean, mm. then I thought about when I had the other brother. So his other brother was a mm. white one. And I remember when the family came over to my flat to meet this little thing. And she brought her two daughters who were like nine and 12. No, not even 12. They were young. And they walked out and I handed this little tiny little creature that I've now like wiped up all his poo, worried about all his like sick with parvo, worrying about runny poos. And I passed this little creature over and I sobbed. I sobbed and sobbed and sobbed. And this little nine-year-old girl's going like, do you want to say goodbye? And I'm like, no, it's okay. I'll just walk away. It's fine. You've got a child consoling you. I know. I had, a, I had a nine-year-old girl telling me to like grow up. Adulting is hard. So, you know, when the option came to foster, I said to my mom, I was like, mom, we could foster during lockdown. Emotionally, yeah. it's so hard. And I take my hat yeah. off to every foster parent because to have the yeah. puppy during lockdown and then give it back, I don't know if I could. Yeah. And also thinking that no one else is going to have the same amount of patience or yeah. be able to treat them as well as you're treating them, which yeah. is just, I guess, part ego and part you trying to justify the whole process. Absolutely. It is a little bit of ego because you kind of want the dog mm. to love you the most and you provide the best yes. home. And But you actually have to let it go. When I posted about it on my stories, I asked people mm. to tell me their foster stories. And the most important part that gave people mm. that reward was when they were sent updates so i think yes crucial is when you give your pup back please ask that mom or family to send you updates because i remember that mom sent me a video the next morning and it changed my whole world yeah see that the pup was okay and smiling and in a happy home you know you don't want i think everyone messaged me to say that look of the dog staring at you as it drove away was probably the most oh no 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 i mean it's awful it's so awful and yet like every single message message I got was how much they love fostering and it's changed their world and it is the best thing they could have done and they they all say which I find very interesting is when a dog is in a shelter you're never really going to find out what that dog needs in a home but when you're in a home you learn that okay this dog is a bigger dog doesn't get on with my smaller dog so it needs to be in a home where there are bigger breeds cool Yes. Okay, this dog suits my lifestyle perfectly. I spend all my time on the beach. You need a swimming dog. You know what I mean? Like there's time taken. And I think that's what makes fostering so incredible. I completely agree with you. Like with Scruff, when whoever wants to adopt him, I can tell them, you know, who he is. He he's a lap dog. He needs love and attention. So he's not a dog that you can just leave outside as an only dog, go to work early in the morning, come back at night, because he's gonna struggle with that he's going to suffer so he's definitely someone that needs a lot of love and a lot of attention and a little friend to play with I mean he's him and our call it our youngest but she's nine already (laughs) Um, they've developed a little tag team already within a few days so that's exactly what you're saying is that fostering gives you the opportunity to share with a potential forever home his or her little personality and quirks and what's going to make them happier because you're right coming from when we met him at the shelter he was timid and yeah. we couldn't tell his personality because he kind of was just sniffing around and not doing much and it took him a few days to settle in 
And now that he has, his little personality is coming out. Exactly. And that's what we need because all the little pooches have their own little personalities and we have to celebrate it. But now, what advice would you give to someone going through the foster process for the first time and they now have to face, you know, their foster being adopted? Like, I can't even give advice because I was shocking. (laughs) What would you suggest? What do you think people need to prepare themselves for? Well, first off, as I mentioned earlier, is make the decision up front. Yeah that you are just babysitting. I think that is the most important because, you know, my work as a life and career coach, it's all about everything starts with your thoughts Mm. and your intentions. And every decision you make after that, your way of living all comes from your thoughts. It all manifests from your thoughts. So if you can get your headspace right before the little one even comes into your home to foster, decide up front that you're just babysitting and look at the long-term idea of you know, the reason why you're babysitting. You're babysitting so that you can, whatever the specific case is, whether you're here to integrate them to know what a home is like or to give them some TLC because they're in a shocking state. You know, like Jess was, she was really skinny and couldn't walk. I mean, she cried for days. We couldn't sleep because she was in so much pain. So for us also going through that process with her, of course you're going to get attached because you just feel that no one's going to be able to look after them and have the amount of patience that you did. Yeah. Secondly, look at why you're doing it again before the little one comes in so decide why you're doing this be really clear on your intention and for us the idea is to foster so we can keep on saving lives and some people might not see it as saving lives but it means that if it's making it easier for this animal whether it's a cat or a dog or whoever it is to find another home a forever home the quicker it is for you to help another one so you are saving lives by getting them out of the shelters quickly because they might face kennel stress there you know some of them do their health might deteriorate because they are so stressed etc and that's not a life for any animal so fostering is crucial so i really encourage everyone to try and know and also know up front that it's going to be hard, yeah. that your heart is going to be ripped out of your chest. doesn't <laughs> matter. Even if you're set on your intention and you're clear, yeah. it is going to happen. Yeah. But also decide what you're going to do afterwards. So if it means going out with a friend and having a good cry over a coffee, or if it means you know giving yourself a day or two, knowing that you've got another foster lined up, prepare for the after as well. So That's I think just good, it's yeah. a lot of headspace stuff more importantly than than anything else. And then I think what will also help is whether you're a list person or something, you know, (laughs) write down their little personalities and their quirks to help the new parents, you know, assimilate them into their home. So for us, like I said, with with Scruff, we can let the people know that, look, this is what he likes. This is how he does things. I mean, we found out the hard way that the first night he was up and down and going nuts and we couldn't figure out why. And the next morning we found out why because he'd done his business downstairs on the tiles like a good boy. Um, Because obviously his tummy was upset because he'd just been sterilized. His food had changed. He'd had all his vaccinations. So his system was obviously taking strain and we didn't know that. So I'll be able to let them know now where, when he gets a little bit hyper, it means he wants to go out. Yeah. So I think if you also know that you're helping them and you have your points to share, that will also be a huge help. You know, let them know what the expectation is. So for me, it's a lot of mindset. I think that's work, spot really. on. 
Absolutely, it mm. is mine work. Mm. I know that you work quite closely with a lot of the, the shelters. So for people mm. who are thinking of fostering for the first time, do they need to worry about like bills if their dog gets sick? You know, I think that sort of stuff stops a lot of people from fostering because if yes. you do get a sick dog or there is a fight, they worry about the financial burden. So do you know how that works or can you maybe just give sure. a little bit of insight? Yeah, absolutely. So first off, I would suggest asking all these questions to, to the organization absolutely and those are so important i actually completely blanked that so thanks lauren (laughs) but so 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 vital so yes as far as i know all the organizations because they've either got on-site vets or they have relationships with vets so for example everyone that's fostering during this lockdown period from woodrock we're all on a whatsapp group and everyone's posting pics during the day of their dogs how lovely is that oh no our hearts that's how i wake up to about 47 messages of pics of dogs so it's really special because we're also on the journey with about another 40 mm. people, which is really, really remarkable. But Estelle, even on there, has said that, you know, they've got their license to travel during this lockdown period. So if anyone needs food or if anyone needs veterinary care, we must just let them know. Okay. And if anything happens, they'll tell us which vets to go to. Or obviously, if there's an emergency, they're there to support us as much yeah. as possible. Um, they do have food. I mean, we were worried because that just that week before, we dropped off a whole lot of stuff at the Randberg SBCA to donate. So it was all the extra bedding and linen for our girls and um, collars and bowls. And so everything got dropped off. I was like, oh, crap, now we don't have, we need, now we need to go and buy more stuff. <laughs> but Woodrock had a brand new collar for him. They tagged him. Obviously, they microchipped him straight away with their number on. And they've said, you know, if you need any food or whatever, let us know. We've made the decision that we'll take on the responsibility of buying the food, etc., because we don't want to put that on the shelter. But Absolutely. if you can't afford to, ask the shelter. Just say yeah. to them, look, you know, I would need support with food or I need support with X, Y, and Z. So don't feel that you need to take on a financial burden. Your responsibility as a foster parent is just to give them TLC and a roof over their heads yeah. and some safety and some love. One of the shelters with one of the accounts, I think it was Picasso the Pecan. She has the gorgeous tiny little pooch and she was fostering and when her little Picasso came along, she couldn't afford him. But no one was adopting him and it ended up that the shelter said, don't worry about the adoption fees. We're just so grateful for your help. Exactly. Like, shelters yeah. are so willing to help. And even with Spaniel Welfare, when I did mm-hmm. have Moby, Mia got quite sick and she's not a Spaniel Welfare pup. And so I was scared that she had now got Parvo. And Spaniel Welfare treated Mia as if she was one of their dogs. They That's were remarkable. absolutely incredible. Honestly, it blew me away of how like, they were like, send me the bowl for Mia. And I was like, I'm not, obviously not going to send you the bowl for Mia because yes. that's not your responsibility. <laughs> it was so lovely to know how supported I was yeah. during that process. It wasn't like, here's our dog now, good luck. You know, yes, it was absolutely very involved, very much there so that they're very aware of how this goes and they, they're so grateful. Mm-hmm. So I think it's yeah. it's really it's really unbelievable to have seen all of these, you know, mm-hmm. shelters finding homes during this lockdown. It gave me goosies. Oh, no, tears every day just from but happy tears. <laughs> it's definitely I mean, the shelters, animals, welfare is their priority mm-hmm. to the point where, you know, with home checks, whether it's for fosters or for adoption, they won't release a dog to a home that they don't think is fit for the animal. Exactly. And I know some people get really upset and say, well, you know, the shelters say that they need help, but we wanted to adopt and they turned us away. And people get really offended. Their egos get bruised. Yeah. And that's when I get those calls of people that are really annoyed and I talk them through it saying, I get it. I understand why. They've had so 
many bad cases. They see every single day the reality that these poor animals go through. So yeah, they're not going to just let the animal go to an unknown yeah. if they know that they can give the dog more support than you know if, than someone if else. Anything, because they don't know us. That should give you a little bit of confirmation that the organization yes. is doing its job. You know, they Absolutely. are taking the time to make sure that the animals are going to yeah. a happy place. So so before we get too carried away, <laughs> I do want you to mention a little bit about just one thing, because I think what you get up to is incredible and you do so many amazing things. So tell the listeners about just one thing. So Just One Thing 365 is a social impact platform that I registered as a non-profit in 2015 is when I founded it and registered last year. So our aim is to inspire and support people in doing Just One Thing 365 days a year to make a difference in the lives of human, animal, and all the planet. So wherever your heart sits, we want to help you make a difference. And I founded it because I've done a lot of charity work over the years and I had a lot of comments from people saying oh it's so great what you do and if I had the time or the money I'd also make a difference and my response to them was always look I work I have a business that I run and if I'm not working in and on my business I'm not earning so I don't have all this time I was writing my book which was a you know seven day a week 14 to 16 hour day commitment on top of that Um, so I didn't have the time to be doing all I definitely didn't have the time I didn't have the resources and the financial support to it as well because I work for myself and that's when I realized that's how it all came together I was chatting with a friend of mine in Canada about this and saying you know I do so much because I do just one thing every day and that's when it kind of all came together and it's saying it doesn't need to be these ostentatious Uh, acts of yeah absolutely not you know it's that one little thing done cumulatively is what makes a huge impact at the end of the day and I mean during lockdown that's exactly what I've been doing it's one thing every day that I've been doing just to sort of get my mind right. So, I mean, I, I used Amazing. to always think I could never do yoga, for example. Yeah. I just thought I'm never, I'm not flexible now. Downloaded a random <laughs> app and I did, started doing 10 minutes, led to 15 minutes, led to 20 minutes. It's the perfect example Amazing. of start with one thing. So yes. start recycling your, your tin cans. That's simple. I mean, you're not digging yeah. your rubbish. You're just putting your tin cans yeah. to the side. You know, it's it's tiny things Absolutely that you right. actually have inspired me to do that have awesome. made a massive, massive difference for me. So I think your I think just one thing is just unbelievable. It's really an awesome, awesome, awesome organization. Thank you. Can you imagine if every person did just one thing today and then something else tomorrow? I mean, our world would change overnight. Yeah. I'm doing a 21-day reset challenge as well on yeah. Instagram, which has been yes. fun. And it's, um, it's every day just sharing a little video and I'm linking it to random holidays yeah. per day. So today, just so you know, I'll be posting it later, is um, No Housework Day. National No Housework Day. I love that. <laughs> Which is fun. So I'm linking it with that and then the message behind it. So I'm giving you a little heads up. The message behind it really is it's not about just the housework for me. It's about taking the time to not be busy yeah. and feel like you need to be performing and doing stuff to prove your worth and your value. 100%. Um, so there's the little life lessons in between. And I think with you know the space that we're in, with the opportunity that every single one of us has to make a positive difference in the world, whether it's you know seemingly small or ostentatious and completely grand, regardless of the, the grandeur of it all or the simplicity of it all, we all have the opportunity. Yeah. Um, 
and we don't because we're busy or we don't pause and reflect or we don't think and it's the finding excuses comes from a place of not thinking that we're able to or capable of doing it yeah and that's why and i think that's the beauty of that so many people have shared with just one thing 365 it's it's doable you've been remarkable in supporting just one thing with with sharing our message and doing that and i couldn't do that on my own i mean i was completely overwhelmed and I'm still overwhelmed with so many things to do. So, hey, yes. anyone's listening, please yeah. contact me. Help. Um, it's been, this lockdown has been a lot of time where I've thought like, is what is what I'm personally doing making a difference? And that's the mistake yeah. is you actually can't, you can't sit and go, oh, my tiny contribution can't be doing much. But like you say, mm all of it accumulatively turns into something quite special. Absolutely. And that's why people are fostering. I mean, you can't have exactly. another dog, so you're going to foster yeah. and you're going to give that little thing all the love that you can so that it can have exactly. another home. So you're right. Absolutely. You have to, you do what you can do in your capacity. And that's, that's more yeah. than we can do actually. Absolutely. If you've got a home anyway, you've got love to give anyway. Um, oh you're, helping a dog now and like you mentioned earlier you know the shelters will help you with Mm. food and vet bills and medication you know if the dog needs medication they supply all all of that stuff um if if you need so that's the thing you're doing good just by having this little one in your home you've got the home anyway yeah you know you're not going out of your way um some extra love (laughs) you know you get you give and you get some extra love and that's come on yeah you know there's nothing quite like earning the love of an animal no well thank you i so appreciate you taking the time i mean this has turned into something more than i wanted and it's very special that that happened with you so thank you thank you thank Thank you you. for taking the time as we do with all our all our podcasts our guests get to choose one of their dogs and you have to tell us a Tinder profile bio. You can choose. We want to know what would the Tinder bio be? Um, (laughs) Sure. Now I've got to pick. You're asking me to pick between my three girls and our foster. You've got to pick one. Um, Okay. I'm going to pick. I'm looking at all of them because they're all lying (laughs) around. All the beds. We have like multiple beds for all the kids. Let me pick, I'm going to pick Mary Jane, okay. who's our eldest. Craig had um, adopted her before I even got into the picture, before I came along. Yeah. Um, what would her Tinder profile be? So she's incredibly, she's very sweet, very lovable. She's a complete lady. She would have been the girl, if she was human, that would have done ballet. Oh. Very proper and well-spoken. No, but then she wouldn't be on Tinder. Well, no, she's you know, too, it's, it's hard out there, It's really hard, you know. Maybe she's trying <laughs> to find someone. Something like, um, I'm looking for my soulmate that will enjoy sunsets, snuggles on the couch, watching rom-coms, and enjoying a glass of, what is a good girl drink? <laughs> what a good girl's drink? Rosé. Enjoying a glass of rosé, watching the sunset, um, holding paws and sunsets on strolls on the beach oh. with my soulmate. I mean, New Jane, <laughs> that is so precious. Perfect child, right? <laughs> oh. That's a goodie. I like that. Okay. Okay. Well, thank good. You, yeah. Thank you, Petra. I so appreciate it, and just really, you know, I, I love what you're doing, and I'm, it's an honor to be a part of it. So thank you for taking the time to do this with me. I really appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for this. It's been so special, and what you're doing is incredible. Just helping people be better parents to to their little animals. So thank, thank you. you. 
So to find out what Petra's getting up to about Just One Thing 365, you can find her on Instagram and Facebook under Petra Larandro. So it's P-E-T-R-A-L-A-R-A-N-J-O. Or for her organization, it's Just One Thing 365. Just One, typed out O-N-E, Thing, T-H-I-N-G, 365. And if you want to find out a little bit more about Scruff, he also has a little Instagram account. It's called Scruff the Foster Dog. Oh, 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 o